Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. You've got exactly ten minutes to decide if you really want to know. You have built this city. Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've done today. based on fiction. Alright, welcome back to another episode of In No Particular Order. This episode is going to be your New Year's Eve present, I believe. That's when it's going to come out. I am your host, Evan, the third host, and I'm joined by always by my co-host on this show, D-Mac. What's poppin'? Well, not much, man. Just out here surviving, maintaining, and ready for the new year to start. Yes, yeah, so hopefully 2021 is going to be better than 2020. Uh, when we all take that vaccine, it looks so promising. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you get that vaccine, I ain't messing with it. I'll wait till they get the things out. Yeah, man, because uh, I was talking to one of your podcast co-workers, and uh, she's an Anglo-Saxon woman. And she's all for the vaccine, and then like she says, oh, I'm gonna take it and all that. And I'm like, bruh, Flint, <laughs> Flint doesn't have clean water, so it, which I guess doesn't it doesn't make I guess it does make sense because like they don't care about. I guess that that's an argument that she could have made because they don't care about people in Flint, but they care about everybody else, so that's why they can make a vaccine so quickly. But I was also like, uh, I, I remember a time in history. And I wasn't there, but I, I've read about a time in history where uh, the government gave black families uh, a flu vaccine and turned out to be syphilis. Oh. Yeah, that was that was part of the Tuskegee experiment. Say, so, you know what, black people? Here's some free health care for you. Can we care about your well-being? And they they tested syphilis on this. Uh, on this black neighborhood. And then there were other times, and this is where I go into conspiracy theory mode, this won't be long, um, where during the Cold War, America wanted to test this technology out to see if they can kind of put a, for lack of a better term, a force field over the country to block out some type of uh, like radio attack. So they did it in black neighborhoods and like in projects and like uh, most of the people died of cancer who were part of that study and they they didn't know that they were part of the study. And then there was a school called the Ferdinand School uh, and like these are just like and these are just uh, the Ferdinand School was a school for uh, intellectually challenged kids and they uh, did some tests and gave these kids radiation poisoning and some of them died of cancer unbeknownst to them so i'm not a really big fan of the government um giving us vaccines and shit especially if it's free but at the same time we had a polio vaccine and that killed polio we had the ebola vaccine i believe back in the day and that killed off ebola and like there's smallpox uh some other plague type things back in the day that they did make and did actually help us so it's kind of i don't know yeah, it's one of them things, man. We, but I just think that it's a miracle it got out this fast, number one. That's probably the fastest. I think it's probably the fastest drug going to man that yeah. they fix quickly. Like, it was crazy. And then, uh, two, um, 
I'm I'm all for it. Like we're trying to get the bugs out and everything. Wait till you get the bugs out. Yeah. But then on the flip side of that, you also got to think these companies and corporations that's actually making this shit is not trying to get lawsuits saying that their product is faulty. So, I mean, <laughs> that's, a, that's on, a, on another flip side of that, too. It's kind of like, do they care, they, though? The three, the three of them was the first ones to do it. It was like, I think it's three companies. Three of them is like literally the first ones to do it and try to hurry up and get out fast so they can go ahead and start testing. Okay. Um, I think they care to an extent because it, it's, it, it's the initial push. The initial push. Mm hmm. His first initial, like he did all this, and everybody knows that this company makes it. You know what I mean? And it's not like, oh, this this vaccine came out. They don't know the company. This then the third. I'm telling you, Johnson Johnson made that whatever drug, and then it go faulty. They probably be scared as fuck because they a hundred or two hundred or how many hundred people gonna be like, yo, I got sick off the shit and died or whatever. Off the initial push. Now, as it goes down, as it supposedly if it works out and as the years progress, okay, so be it. They go because I know they trying to push this shit by literally by the end of twenty twenty one, everybody be almost close to vaccinated, almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, but to that point though, uh, I might be wrong on this, and people who listen, even though you aren't vocal fans, if you fact check me on this, that's fine. I think that one of those companies was the same company that had like a fucking birth control pill, or birth control solution, rather. Uh, that they they pushed it hard as fuck, and then like a year later had to come out and say that it was killing bitches, I mean killing young ladies and shit. Uh-huh. I think uh, the name sounds familiar as to that other uh as to that birth control drug i might be wrong on that um yeah um i think that i'm relatively healthy so i think that if i did happen to contract covid i may i may not be one of the more severe cases so i'm not sure but at the same time someone that i know personally did catch covid and uh they they said that the biggest issue that they're having to this day is the fact that they still have no taste or smell. And they said it's eerie. So like brushing your teeth with no taste is like the most disorienting thing in the world, apparently. <laughs> so not having taste or smell would be a fucked up side effect. And some people uh, had COVID early on and they still have like no like uh like no taste or smell. So like that's that's fucking crazy. That's crazy. But, okay, we aren't here to talk about conspiracies and politics. We're here to talk about that hippity-hop music, as the kids say. Um, so this w- this month we're going to uh, discuss... Um, I'm trying to come up with a good name for this. Uh, maybe the, our top five hip-hop movers and, sa- and shakers, or entrepreneurial hop, some shit like that, in no particular order. So we're going to count down our top five choices in no per- uh, of the people we think are the are the best business men and women in the hip-hop industry. Um, we're going to switch it up this time. Typically, the format is you go first and I go, but this time I'm going to go first. And let me find my list here. Uh, my first person on my list is going to be uh, someone who, with another person who I cannot stand, uh, they helped everyone out this year who were hip hop fans, and they helped out a lot of music artists to get their names out there and for newer 
generations. And they gave us a lot of entertainment and a lot of uh uh pur- purpose purposeful entertainment and uh and um accidental entertainment with some of the people that they chose for this series. So this person I'm choosing primarily because of what he's done this year, but throughout his career, which I'll go through, he's also done like a lot of things. It, it all typically is based on music, but still um, he, he's been able to be around since like 96, 2006 for 20 something years straight. And while, while he has had some lows in those times, he still has been a culturally relevant person his entire career, and that person is Timbaland. Okay. okay. Primarily because of the versus concept, was started out just getting some uh, C-list producers to play their songs that they produce on Instagram Live, and then now uh, they have an Apple deal, and they still do the Instagram Live, and and they and they're expanding it from just producers. Now they're doing people like Gladys Knight. Uh, and Patti LaBelle, Ashanti's fine ass, and Keisha Cole. They had one mm-hmm. uh, that was based on uh, on your previous home of Cali with uh, Too Short and um, E40, two artists that I could give no fucks about. Um, but apparently, <laughs> people love that. People love that subgenre of hip hop, but it's not my favorite at all. It might be my least favorite, honestly. Oh, um, I, I love every moment of it, man. Because you live there, like. You were nah, nah, immersed nah. in that culture. Nah, it's I didn't mean, I mean to cut you off. Nothing, no, you good. That that's actually what I was talking to you about earlier. Like that okay. one, with the verses, that to me that was more of a. It was very unique. Uh, basically, I got exposed to E forty. Me when I was when I was in the Navy. Yeah, a lot of West Coast guys, with a lot of Bay Area guys, tuned me into. The uh, pretty much was the babe, the whole swag and everything else of it, and that's when I started digging on my research far as like forty. Too short, I already knew about, but I didn't know what I do now. The thing about them is uh, that I I give them props and kudos on because one one I give props to the forty because uh he they they're both independent artists, but he forty went broke at one time. He was like almost in the camera, like <laughs> like running out of fun. Uh, because I think he did it like a behind of behind the scene, whatever. But like you know, one of uh one of the uh I forgot one of the channels on TV was doing behind the scenes on him. Okay. And, uh, he ended up they they you know what I'm saying how he was went broke and all this other stuff, and then he said he called on a little John Fudge, basically bumped up his goddamn career because I guess his career was going down totally. But, oh, as you said, he was on and he was an independent artist. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. That'll tell me where to go, song? Yep. Tell me where to go. Because, look, he broke before that? Before that, he was hurt. Huh. Okay. He was hurt. And, I, I don't know, I think he has invested his money or something, and I think he's just a problem. But, I mean, overall, now he's good. He's on, like, wine, alcohol, mm-hmm. a couple wings up. And then, like, yeah, he, he owned it now. And then I think his music, the only thing I'll say about him, I think he owned, like, the rights to his music. And that's how he ended up making money. Like, now he's comfortable. Too Short, on the other hand, Too Short beyond comfortable. Because not only that, this dude got, like, 20-something albums, and mm-hmm. he was going platinum back in the 80s. Yeah. Like, he was doing some LL Cool J type shit. Mm-hmm. And, and I 
that's where he do need to copyright the word bitch because the way he said bitch. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's, it's only only him he can say it, and it's like funny or it's like you know hilarious or people jump onto it or whatever. But what's crazy is like his old shit. I like all I like majority of the songs. Yes, they ghetto fire. Yes, talk about. Clothes, you know, cars and clothes, and yeah, he does talk about how he made it, tells little stories in this and the third. But the key thing in how he really making money besides owning all his, I think he owned pretty much all his shit because he literally started ground up. Is that everybody now samples shit like everybody samples? Yep, and, and, and it's great. We talking about from Yo Gotti. We talking about that girl. What's her name? Sonny, Sonny, so, uh, uh, who was her name? Sandy, Sonny. I, I know you had to hear this song. Uh, the girl that's my type. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, sweetie. But she got. I think it's really sweetie, but like it's spelled and like they flipped it up. But yeah, but I think it's really sweetie. Yeah, cause she just made the other song with uh. Oh, that's my type. Tap in, tap, tap the one. Tap in. Tapping kind of goes, but like that, my type is trash. Like it's not like he came from a, a, a nineteen ninety six basement. <laughs> but that tap in, that, that tap in is it, yeah, tap in is it's catchy. That's a sample of of uh too short. Um, uh, another one's a sample of too short. That damn um, what's it called? Bodak, not Bodak Yellow, but uh, uh. She got what's it called? Bitten, bitten head. Uh, it's on that damn um, Carly B album. Bitten head. It's literally like chicken head, but it's called big bitten head. Some shit. And it's literally a sample of Project Pat, right? Uh huh. But Project Pat shit is also sample on two short shit. Oh, so for real? Actually, hmm. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? I didn't know that. I did not know that. <laughs> I know it's shit crazy, right? I, I just found that out just like as the shit was progressing because they put some on Instagram and they was like sampled, 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 like all that shit was sampled. And hmm. another another sample and literally the flow, the song was sampled, but the the, the flow was sampled too. The the song was sampled, but it was tweaked a little bit. You couldn't really tell. And you know how uh, what's it called? Uh, it's Drake and it's a DJ Cali song. And uh, because uh, we got something new. And this shit's so good. That could be the uh, fuck for free. Fuck for free. Yeah. You know how he goes. You know how he started off. You know, I go on and on. Can't understand why I last so long. Yeah. Then he goes his own thing. And then he uh, he says something. He said, "Yeah, I'm drunk off that Hennessy." And he said, you know, how my boy from Kansas said, you know, the dick ain't free. That, the, the way he said it, that's literally too short. Like, that's too short. And the beat is a too short. It's off one of the too short albums, too. It just sped up a little bit. That's why I didn't like so it. Gonna, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I mean, man, that dude got sampled so many times. I mean, you got to think, the, the getting some head one. You know, that's probably all uh, like his uh, best sample. Getting some head, like I mean, it, it, he got a lot, and that's why he was just like he was telling people he was like on his Juicy J shit because Juicy J be saying the same thing. Please sample my music. 
after I can get that check in the mail. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I more so get what E40 has done for the culture than Too Short, but I will acknowledge, although I don't like either one of them, they have done a lot. And and like I said, like that particular version of Cali music does nothing for me. Um, but I will say this. Uh, the best E40 song slash project was him in the click with Hurricane. That shit was so fucking cold. Oh yeah, that shit was cold. You can call me Slurricane. That shit was yeah. cold. That, that, that shit slapped like a motherfucker. Um, but uh, on Timbaland though, so like he did that. I think he had a show uh on one of these networks trying to find like an next producer. H1. Yeah. And yeah. then uh I think he has I think he's he, he's one of the first people who pioneered well who partnered with that company Skillshare to give his knowledge to other producers coming up. I mean he had to pay for it. I mean uh, like might have been like a master class thing that 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 uh, that um you can buy. He also gave us genuine that whole little click they had too and then he gave us the best Justin Timberlake. Uh, mm-hmm. He also, you may not fuck with this group, but I do. Like one of my favorite rock groups. Uh, well, they they don't really rock, but I kind of lump all Anglo-Saxon mu- <laughs> music into rock if it's not pop. Um, but he, of course, you remember that song maybe thirteen years ago that came on BET back when back when Timbaland finessed the whole world to think that this group was going to be an R and B group, but they're a, a rock pop group. But you remember that song? Too late to apologize. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That, people, that shit came on BET, and people thought that that group was going to be like the like next uh, white R and B group or some shit. But they mm-hmm. they are straight. Although, like, they they kind of lean towards, like, some R&B elements, but they've been out for 13 years, bro, and, like, the, to me, the, 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 they haven't had a bad album yet, bro. They had, like, five albums, and all them hoes to me slap. And they, and Timbaland still gets paid off the, all the albums, bro, and he hasn't done anything on any of their albums since their second one, but he's, his name's still on there, and, it's, and they're signed to Mosley Music. They're probably the only group that are still signed to Mosley Music. And they shit slaps, bro. Like, any... Anglo-Saxon movie, their song is on the soundtrack, and he helped them get out there, and he gets paid for it. That's probably his best, best his two best moves were <laughs> Justin Timberlake and One Republic, because uh, despite what we may think, the Anglo-Saxon population is more uh, there, there's a bigger volume of them than yeah. there are us. So if he could partner with them, even as a sightlet partner, and he he gets all that money in the back end, and and and. One Republic has been around for over ten years, bro, and and he's still getting paid off them. He they signed a lifetime contract or some shit, bro. There's no reason why he should still get paid from them ten years later, and he does nothing for them at all. So he great. that is crazy, bro. How often do you see one of us finesse uh, Anglo-Saxon gentlemen for that long? Crazy. For that I long, know. bro. That's not like some DVD and live. Exactly. Yeah. But the difference is, they've been hot for years. If you ask any of your Anglo-Saxon friends, they can name at least five One Direction. I mean, sorry, not One Direction. They're trash. They can name you five One Republic slaps. <laughs> they put an album out maybe uh, maybe four years ago called Native, I believe. No skips. That shit was that shit was no skips. All singles, bro. Like God damn, this shit hot. But anyway, um. Yeah, so because of those things, and Timbaland, 
uh, now I'm going to tear him down because I have to and because it's comedy. Uh, Timlin has done all of this and uh, despite the fact that he isn't very intelligent because uh, on the song Ayo Technology, he said, your hips, your thighs, it got me hypnotized. <laughs> which, which is not and then on the Omar, on the Omarion song he had Omarion saying I've got an icebox where what the fuck is an icebox you mean a refrigerator for real <laughs> we had icebox so I told y'all country Timbaland is saying hypnotize and saying icebox but yeah <laughs> and also uh, Timbaland gave who used to be who, who, okay, an artist who's still in my top five R&B singers, but his actions has, have maybe not fucked with him anymore. But he gave him his last big hit, and that's uh, Bobby Valentino with that. I wanna know your name, your name, your name. But well, you gotta be anonymous. That shit was a slap too. <laughs> like like ten yeah. years ago. Okay, uh, so that is my first hip-hop mover and shaker entrepreneur, Timbaland. Uh, who is your first entry, my good sir? All right, my, ne- my, my first one will be, I'm going to go towards, uh, he's a, I'm, I'm going towards, I got a couple couple older cats on here. Okay. Old, old school, at the beginning of the, the hip-hop culture. Uh uh, my man used to be, he was one of the four, the front runners, you know, at Def Jam, right when Def Jam started hitting the ground running with Brother Simmons and run DMC. My man, LL Cool James, mm. or LL Cool J, where everybody, James Todd Smith. They probably, yeah, I know, <laughs> people probably be throwing off. Uh, my man, he has over, I'm not sure how many exact albums, but I know it's over 10. And I was over 10, that's damn sure, because I remember the thing that was like... Called 10, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was called <laughs> And uh, And that was before Headsprung, I believe, wasn't it? Before Headsprung? Yeah, yeah that's a crazy thing, man. <laughs> that was way before him. Um, he, he hit the ground running, uh, killing it, platinum, multi-platinum artist. Uh, I know for a fact he got... I know for a fact he getting like all his royalties off his goddamn album. Cause I know Russell Simmons and then it broke. Oh, I know he actually he did went on his tenth album because it was through Dev Jam. Dev Jam gave him basically gave him his copy, gave him his message. Oh, for real? Yeah. Like, huh? Yeah, I, I do remember that because they was like they gave him his man, so he got like his royalties and all that shit on his tenth album. They did they did that for him just off GP just because is he uh cool J. So then, on top of that, uh, you, you remember he kind of kicked off the whole Hulu brand. For us, by us. Okay. Yeah, bro. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if are are you gonna tell that story? If not, I have to I have to interrupt you and tell it because 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 what LL Cool J did for people in the audience that's probably the dopest shit he's ever done and the most covert shit he's ever done. And if people think that LL isn't for the culture, this shows you that he is. So, LL Cool J became America's sweetheart because he's the first rapper turned actor, and he's probably, honestly, one of the best, if not the best, in my opinion. But um, <laughs> he got hired because because in in the early nineties he was America's sweetheart. Pe- people forget that now, but he was. So he got hired to do a Gap commercial. The Gap is is like the most Anglo-Saxon clothing line of the nineties, besides maybe Tommy Hilfiger. So on their commercial that he was on. 
They said, hey, LL, do whatever freestyle rap you want to do, buddy. Let's keep it clean. So in his rap, he rapped about the gap. But then he, he says, for us, by us on the low, which was a which was him saying that I fuck with FUBU on the low. And he used their ad campaign to do a subliminal message for FUBU, which came out probably like the next year. That was fucking a masterstroke. That's probably one of the best business moves ever because he, he he used their money to promote his shit. Yeah, yeah. That's all I wanted to say. I'm sorry. As you were saying, oh my good sir. Yeah, no, you good. You good. Because uh, I know you, you you elaborate on that one way better than I would. Yeah, part of the football brain doing everything from the culture. Uh, going to the acting, I'm, and I know you highlight on it. Uh, he been in movies like I know I'm. I'm gonna go to uh my one of my favorite movies he was in is uh what's it called? I can't. It's, I'm, I'm I'm literally into the day. Yeah, yeah, into the That was the classic. When he played the drug dealer, they called him guys, three names, blah blah. blah. And, man, I mean, you talking about doing anger, fucking putting pool sticks, pool sticks up people's asses and yeah. shit, cause they up there doing the rock. Like, this shit was crazy that, to all of a sudden, he could be somewhat of technically the ladies' man, but going through hell a little bit and deliver us from evil, mm-hmm. which is one of my, one, one of my favorite movies to watch. Uh, what up, Deep Blue Sea, with the crazy shark eating. like a shark's fan. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I forgot about that little thing you brought up. <laughs> <laughs> that bullshit. That, that's the bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't get it. And then, uh, what else he was in? What other movie was in? A lot of in, movies, uh, I know, in SWAT. I remember SWAT. SWAT was, that was a good one. Hear that sitcom? He yeah, he had the sitcom early in the, that was like early 90s. I forgot what it was called. Uh, in the House. In the House, in the house. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that was dope. Well, old girl, she was so fine in that movie. She looked terrible now. She had cracky. Yeah, um. I've seen pictures of her. <laughs> yeah, I saw like a mini documentary about her. Uh, apparently, it isn't all because of the drugs. Apparently, she's had schizophrenia since she was a child. And they tried to use acting as an outlet for her and, like, to help her get through it. But then eventually, unfortunately, uh, it came back. Like, her mom, who is a therapist, I believe, wrote a whole book about her. This was sad shit, man, yeah. But it's not really because of the drugs, man. It's it's the schizophrenia. Black mental health is is a real thing, man. Uh, Then you had a... Also, sorry to interrupt again, but uh, when they flipped in the house from being like basically a black who's the boss, because it was uh, him being like a nanny like to those two kids with uh, Debbie Allen, mm-hmm. but then they flipped it when it became about him, Carlton, uh, the daughter, and Kim Waynes, and I think they had uh, Lark Voorhees in there too before she passed on. I mean, mm-hmm. not Lark Voorhees. But, uh, the chick from uh, Family Matters, right? Yeah. Yeah. But that's probably the only time that Kim Waynes has ever been good in anything. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so props to Kim Waynes. Oh, dude. And then, uh, damn, what else he was in? He was in the, uh, well, the nitty gritty one is 
The one he's still getting like mad money off of because he's been there since day one in CIA. Yeah, because that's probably gonna be that's probably gonna be over ten seasons bro. at this point, right? Yeah, bro. It's, it's I think it's over ten. It's, I think it might be over that, but I know he gets paid like almost like four hundred thousand episodes. <laughs> yeah, you do the math on that. You getting like three, four, five mil just off that alone. Then turn around and he owns the satellite radio. It used to be uh. The radio, the station used to be called Backspin when they were doing all the back old school jams and all that. But it was getting kind of, it was getting whacked. They were about to cut it off. But somebody sold it. They sold it to LL Cool J. Now it's called Rock the Bells Radio. He didn't revive that, uh, that, that show on XM like to the fullest, to the point that he, he's getting like old school artists like, uh, rapper, what's her name? Rapper Shante. Mm-hmm. She's on there. She actually got her, uh, she got her little, like, window where she does her segment, play a couple music, do interviews, all that shit. She got her own segment on there. Well, man, he got his own segment on there. Mm-hmm. Like, the shit, the shit is fire. And then, uh, LL, he, at the beginning of it, just jump it off. I remember he did do something with Eminem. He had Eminem on there in the interview. And he had, I think that was literally kind of trying to, when he was, Initially jumping it off to jump off Rockabell's radio, but Rockabell's radio is way better. Cause they used to, they used to play the same damn songs over and over and over. That was old school, but now, if you listen to it now, yeah, they playing old songs, but then they play some, something off like 2000. Cause that's old school now, bro. Like, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Our music is old school now. Pretty much. Cause Rockabell's right? Cause at first Rockabell's, bro, they was literally playing like 90s back. And it was just like, what the hell? And then, Anybody, I wouldn't even say 90s back. It'd be like late, like early 90s back. But now they play like 2000 on back and you might end up trickling from 2010. Yeah. So, yeah, they keep, they keep, they keep the culture. And I, and I, I love them for that one because I'm like, not, he, he, he making money off acting. He made, he got his money off, uh, off of his albums. He, uh, got Rockabilly Radio. You know what I'm saying? So, he's doing the same for the culture slowly and shortly and also telling stories like that because he's telling stories about New York and I just heard this one recently um the story was about uh it was in what was the movie uh Henry Fox and him because they got into a fight oh uh yes yes yep any given Sunday was uh the storyteller of them all Bill Bellamy he was in an interview And he was explaining because he was on the set for that shit. And fucking, he was like, he, the dude, like, what did he say? He said he kept ringing his ear. Like, uh, LL was doing it because he said first, he was like, it came down to, uh, he was like, he don't know how it started. First, it was just friendly. Y'all talking about each other. Then it started getting like, Jamie was like, getting on LL, like, hardcore. Like, you know, you know, getting a little, little scuffle a little bit. But then LL was like, okay, well, let's see who, who, who bank statements. Who got, who got the biggest, let's, let's put our bank statements. Let's see who, who getting paid more. Who got more money? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so LL went there with Jay Fox knowing damn well Jay Fox ain't got that shit. Especially not back like, then. Be, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cause LL like, look, I've been doing this shit since I was 15, 16 years old. He ain't fucking with me. <laughs> right. And, and then, it, they say it came down to that. And then when they started, Signing their lines, they signed on first take. I, I guess it was when uh, he about to get off field, and then LL getting his ear. 
Like he said, he started ringing his ear, like grab, like grabbing his ear, like man, what's up? Started like yelling in the damn ear and shit. And then he did it. He did it wrong. He did it fucked up the first time. Then take two, he did it again. LL was getting in his ear. Then the third time, fucking, he gets in his ear. And LL, uh, Damien was like, he kept going Bill Bellman, like, man, what the fuck is dude doing, blah, blah, blah. He's like, man, you need to calm down. And then Bill Bellman, time was like, look, man, go with the flow. Go on here, let's get this big tape. LL did it a third time, right? Once he did it a third time, fucking, Jamie Foxx punched him in and stuck him in the jaw. Bow! <laughs> and then everybody broke it up, like, oh, hell yeah, hold on, now, Ray, oh, this is the third. And then, uh, LL was like, nah, you know what, it's cool, man, it's cool. We squashed it. He said, we squashed it, we good. This stand the third. <laughs> then they do the tape one more time, right? Mm-hmm. LL was just fucking joking. He wasn't, he was dead. He was like, yo, I'm gonna play this motherfucker. So then all of a sudden they do the tape and they about to run off set, you know, he, he about to chase after him and shit. Chase after him like in a in the movie just to say, Hey man, you need to pass the ball to me. He chased after him and he said he straight clocked him straight, smooth the fuck out. Like they said, Jamie was sweet for a good like two minutes. <laughs> I was like, God damn <laughs> And then they said they had to break that damn shit up because he was like, You motherfucker literally put that motherfucker to sleep. And it was like, y'all, like, y'all be forgetting how strong that motherfucker yeah. is. And he's like, you got to think, yo, it was in shape like a motherfucker. That's back when he was thicker, too. Like, now, like, 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 now, like, he's thinner and buff, but, like, that back when he was, like, a, a thicker, basically. Like, he was, a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, but. That dude, was, yeah, that dude was, like, 220, 225, or something, 230, solid, just like a rock. And then people forget because LL is still kind of, uh, he's, he's like American Sweetheart now, but LL, it's still a hood nigga. Yeah, he can hide it like he can pass over in 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 the other communities, but LA is a hood nigga for real. Yeah, like he put this motherfucker in the hospital. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this a couple years ago. Somebody broke in the house. Oh yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, he put that motherfucker in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, God damn! He said, he said, it was like he straight peed off of his ass. It was like. <laughs> No charges was filed. <laughs> he just took his ass with in front of damn charges shit. And then one day was like, nah, he good? Alright, good. Yeah, I was killed that dude. <laughs> I was a motherfucker who would break my house and then get mad and then sue me because I beat the ass. <laughs> For real. Yo, I think it's, it's that, bro, I heard a story where the dude sued them because he he was robbing their house and slipping fell on the floor. <laughs> so he can't hurt himself. And then he sued the people. And I heard he won. He actually won. I don't know how they favored that shit. Like, he broke into my house and then sued them because he got hurt. Trying to rob them. That motherfucker has a good ass lawyer. He had fucking Johnny Cochran the ghost or some shit. <laughs> yeah, damn. But, but yeah, that's all I got for LL Cool J, man. Yeah, man, like, that's a good choice. Uh, uh, like, you laid it out good. The only thing I add in is a joke. Uh, uh, but for the love of God, LL, never rap again. Stick to all, <laughs> stick to all of your other ventures. Never rap again. Because last time you put a song out with that song, Accidental Racist with, I think, Brad Paisley or some fucking country motherfucker. It was the worst song I've ever heard in my fucking life. Never rap again. Well, actually... He should have stopped rapping. He should have stopped rapping when he made pink cookies in a plastic bag getting crushed by a building. That's when he probably should have stopped. <laughs> what that song is dumb as fuck. 
Ella had to be on drugs when he made when he had the, the audacity to open the song by saying the art of making love is called pink cookies in a plastic bag getting crushed by a building. How, <laughs> how would one even equate fucking to a pink cookies in a because I guess a plastic bag is a pussy. The pink cookies, I mean the, the the pink cookies would be the clip. I don't fucking know. Then the, like the building would be the the, the dick. <laughs> How would he? He had to be on drugs. <laughs> Who would think of some shit like that? And the fact that that was a single that had a video—that is like a, a a bonus track. Yeah, I'm not listening to that one. It's it's, <laughs> it's the dumbest shit in the world, bro. Oh, Pink cookies dude. in the plastic, and like that's the whole hook. Pink cookies in the plastic bag, getting crushed by a building. I pink cookies and I passed the bag getting crushed by a building. It's, it's fucking terrible, bro. But alright, um, <laughs> the next person that I'm gonna bring up, this person might be on your list too, but we'll see. Uh, the next person, uh, this person, uh, had a rap career to, um, where at first I hated him, thought he was one of the worst rappers in the world, but then because of his business acumen and him assembling a, a crew of rappers that he actually promoted more than he promoted himself, which has never happens, and they were all pretty successful, but and, and had a nice little moment, and then uh, he, he, he was an entrepreneur, and uh, he's the first person, so like this part is going to tell you like what I'm talking about, he's the first person who survived a 50-cent assault. And it was bigger afterwards. And for that reason alone, he has to be one of the best businessmen because he can sell the fact that he was a correctional officer and sell it as though it's not lame as fuck. And he's, in, the, in 1996, if this shit would have came out, his career would have been dead and he would never have been seen again. But in 2010... 12? Whenever the fuck it happened. He was stronger afterwards. And this person is Rick Ross. Um, he's an owner. He put Wingstop on, on a map. He put Lemon Pepper Wings on a map. Yeah. He put Checkers and Rallies on a map. Because uh, a, a lot of people in America don't know what Checkers is. Checkers is not uh, a nationwide chain. Uh, here, yeah. we have rallies. And, and what I still don't get to this day is what the difference between rallies and checkers is. I think they're the exact same menu and restaurants with different names. I, I don't know why they just changed the name. It seems like that's more work than what it's worth. But yeah, but yeah, and he only owns checkers, not rallies. So again, I don't get it. Um, so he owns a lot of checkers, a lot of wing stops. He also, like I said, um, his Maybach music group, although Maybachs apparently aren't even cars anymore, but um, he pushed his artists like no other person. 50 kind of did, but I feel like Maybach was more successful. Because even fucking Stolly mm -hmm. had, had some buzz. Gunplay had like actually a lot of buzz. I think Gunplay fucked himself over. Uh, McMill, Wale, Maybach O. <laughs> <laughs> so so he did it. Um, then... um. He had uh, a lot of collabs with Drake that actually uh, helped him to ascend higher. He um, he had a pretty good book uh, called Hurricanes. Um, he, he's, he's pretty much, and now, uh, which is on brand, he has his own 
way too expensive. I'm not going to buy it. Brand of beer, oil, and bombs. Because uh, people who have seen pictures of me or drawings on our logo know that I'm a, I am a bearded gentleman. Uh, but yeah, he has his own beer oil that actually smells pretty good. And the, and the packaging is cool too, but it's like $20 for like one thing of beard oil, if not more. And, I, and I, I'm not paying that. So, um, he has diversified, but he always stayed with on his brand cause food, cause he's a overweight gentleman, obviously. Um, then, uh, he has beard line. He's, he's been known for his beard since day one. And, and, um, he's done things that make sense. And, and I think that he's richer than people give him credit for. He, he even bought the Evander Holyfield home. And hopefully he doesn't have to sell it and go broke. But so far, he, he, he's had it for a good four or five years at this point. And so far, I haven't heard anything bad about him owning it. So, yeah, so, um, him being a businessman and people outside of our culture don't really acknowledge him as such, but he, he's definitely up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he, he is actually one of mine on, on my uh, sheet I got here, yeah. Uh, he on, like, basically, I know Rick Ross was pretty much a smart dude after I seen, um, once he had invested in the wing stock and he was like, he put, they bought it for like, like a couple hundred thousand and then within like two years, two, three years, it was selling, it was giving him his, uh, cut to itself, literally. It was producing like two, three mil. Yeah. And it was just like ridiculous. I'm like, well, he getting like way more than in his return. He put Wingstop on a map. Yeah. And for the only Wingstop, his album ain't going platinum like that. Nope. Like, I can guarantee that. Nope. His, his, his album's always, like I said, like we said in our, one of our other things, he got good beats. He does rap. He he got a couple songs here and there, but it's not like okay, this is a classic album. Right. Awesome Rick Ross album. It's not even on that level. No. So he just give you some shit to buy too, yep. Bobby Head too, cool. But yeah, he got a lot. Like uh, then he also got this ranch. Uh, I think he just bought. He just bought some stupid acres in Atlanta, or I think it was in Georgia. It was in Atlanta, Georgia, because he owned a house in the outskirts of Atlanta. But and it's like he was like like twenty acres or something like that. Now nah, I know he just bought like eighty acres or some shit somewhere in Georgia. Like this dude getting like he's trying to build like his own goddamn city and yeah. shit. But hey, I ain't mad at him, man. Yeah, go ahead and do your thing, man. Dude, I mean that's how the, the, that's the way that's the way to not go broke and have that generational wealth that will last. Lifetime, mm-hmm. or you can give it to your kids and your kids, kids, and your kids, 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 and that's how you keep the the, the way going. So that way, you won't go broke. So I mean, he's doing the blue. He, he's setting up the blueprint, just like you know everybody else is. Um, but in in that in that matter, like far as like owning businesses and franchises and all that, hell, if I had my own money, I would. I would try to invest in the franchise too. Like the cheapest one is like little season pizza or something. You, know, you buy yourself a little season yep. pizza, hire one of you, hire some of these fuckheads, high school kids. Or, yep. You know what I'm saying? Give out pizza. And then after that, you know, just go on rotation, man. Boom. Because once these kids, once they wither out, then another kid come in, another kid come in. And then you're making money, so. Yeah, uh, I've been trying to bat around the idea 
to my brother, and he's hard headed, so like he doesn't listen. Of getting like a wings, I mean, <laughs> of, of getting like a Chick Fil A around here. Thank God we win. Yeah, exactly. There's no way they wouldn't win. And and then I think they're kind of uh, particular of who they give franchises to. I think you could actually be a Christian, and like we grew up Christian, so we could probably get it. And, and like apparently they aren't that high either, because like they're so picky about who they give it to. They they aren't that high. Yeah. And I, I think that people who have Rick Ross doesn't have an ego because you can tell by his actions. Because one, like I said before, the fact that he put his people on like it was him. He's the first artist I've ever seen. Like, because with Fifty, you can tell they were under him, but Ross put his people on like he was like uh, like he was promoting himself. Thank you. And then two, uh, most rappers will start their own restaurant, which one of my other ones has done, but he was, he did the smart way and the cheap way up front, invest in the franchise and help build a franchise was kind of what he, he kind of did what Jay-Z did on a much smaller scale, but on a much more, um, obtainable scale too. Oh, hell yeah, most definitely. All right. So would it technically be my turn again or, or your turn? No, I do. I, it'd be my okay. turn. I, I mean, I just crossed out what's the name on here, so I'll be on my third. Okay. Uh, my third entry is the guy who he's, he's right now he's trying to basically he the one who told he, he started off with fuck the police, then he renegated against his own group because they was on that bullshit getting robbed by you know uh, uh, Jerry Heller. Guy, Jerry, yeah, Jerry Heller, <laughs> a guy who was literally just trying to rob them blindly, but then, you know, folks didn't want to listen, but when you up here getting 75, they giving you a, a check for like, what was it, like $7,500,000 or some shit, and you didn't roll raps and raps and raps and ain't got nothing, you know what I'm saying? Fuck all that. Uh, to you go and branch off your own way, you, you start getting real money, even though you had to threaten the record company because you feel as though they weren't trying to pay your ass either. Mm-hmm. And you threaten them, then you got to pay it. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and tell this guy his name is Ice Cube. Uh, or, I thought or like I, I thought I, that uh, you were going to say Dre, but okay, yeah. Oh, no, no. O'Shea Jackson, man. O'Shea. Better choice. <laughs> yeah, because he's the one, remember in the movie, uh, when... They left. He pulled away from them, and he was telling, you know, what I'm saying like, uh, what was they called? He was saying how he was like, "Oh man, we ruthless, you know, ruthless records or whatever." And then he pointed at Jerry and them. He was like, "Nah, we agree." He's like, "They, you know, what I'm saying they the ones who taking our money." And then he went to priority and was like, "Hey, I ain't trying to fuck with them. This that and third, I'm trying to do my own shit. I ain't signed no contract either." Which he did. He didn't sign no goddamn contract. At all. Gary was trying to get him to sign a goddamn contract in the dark. <laughs> which was on some bullshit. And then give him a $75,000 fucking check. Like, oh, you can get this check if you sign here. Like, hell nah. And then after that, fucking, man, that's when, uh, he put out, what was it called? America Most Wanted. Uh, America KKK's Most Wanted. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, that's when he was saying, hey, it, when uh when they put out he told the the record label was like, Hey man, I'm giving y'all the product. We out here selling. 
where the fuck my money at? And then they were still trying to bullshit me, and he wasn't trying to hear that shit. And then all of a sudden, when they came in there, and Slick came in there with them damn baseball bats and tore that motherfucker up, then all of a sudden, they was like, yes, he gonna take it a mail, this guy's the third. <laughs> <laughs> he gonna pay your ass. I mean, see, he, he felt that he, motherfuckers get tired, man. You know what I'm saying? People want to get what they worth. They don't want to get fucked over by, you know, a middleman, the bigger man, whoever. Like, come on, man. Like, that's just, it's just, back then, the music business, the entertainment business in general, like, that's how that business was made. That's how it, yeah. And it's, it's not as bad now because people know where they work. And also, like, from a music standpoint, they got all these platforms. Mm-hmm. They don't need it. These motherfuckers don't need record companies to do to put their shit out. They can go to Apple and be like, "Hey man, Apple, we're trying to put out this album. Get Apple with money, then boom, it's on Apple. Oh. It's on Apple. It's on Spotify. It's on this. It's on that." Or and they, they, and uh and, and not to sorry for the interruption, but like bring it back to some nerd shit too. That kind of talks about this shit as well. Um, so. What a lot of artists can do, and this is music, or if you're like in comic books, just like this, you use the big companies to, to get hot, and then you leave. You sound like a short-term contract because like they can't take your hotness away from you. Because back in '92, um, the hottest artist for Marvel comics that was Ty McFarlane, the guy who makes Spine, Rob Liefeld, the guy who made Deadpool, Jim Lee, the guy who drew the X Men, Will Spatashio, Eric Larson, dude who makes Savage Dragon, uh, they were the hottest. And there's two more, a uh, Mark Silverlestri and what the fuck is the seven dude's name? Because Jim Valentino. So they were the hottest artists at Marvel. The books that they would have their names on would sell like a million copies, which is like the out- outrageous numbers and shit. But Marvel would not break them off for the characters that they created. Because like Tom and Frawley made Venom, which is probably one of the most popular Spider-Man villains of all time. Um... Rob Liefeld made Cable, X-Force, Deadpool. And, like, they didn't get paid anything extra if those books sold more. We got paid a little bit more, but they didn't get to... And they didn't get any ownership in those characters. So what they did is said, fuck Marvel. We're, we're the hottest motherfuckers you got. We're going to leave your company. And also, this really ties it all together. Rob Liefeld said that he was inspired to do what they did because of Ice Cube. Oh, damn. Yeah, because... uh. He was really big. He was like that the, the prototypical white dude from the suburbs who fuck with rap. Uh, back in the day, and like he has pictures of him and Easy and pictures of him and Ice Cube and shit. But anyway, so they decided to leave Marvel. Cause Marvel was giving them the ownership of the characters and like and and like giving them props for making all this shit hot. She left Marvel, made their own company called Emix Comics, and that's when they had Spawn, Young Blood. Uh, Savage Dragon and all the other shit and they brought all their fan base with them so that is a good um, prototype of what people do now and and that's how rap music and comic books are tied together because like they got hot from Marvel and then left it their own shit and got even hotter and then they, they, made, all, they made all their own money because they owned their characters yeah, yeah. so that's the same thing yeah. it's the same idea that Ice Cube was had hey, I didn't even know that dude about uh, all them kids. Yep, they were the hottest. The, they were the hottest artists out at that time. Like they made Marvel. Like when they left Marvel, Marvel ain't had shit, bro. Never had yet. For like five years, I had to fucking bounce back. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Makes total sense. 
But uh, I'm gonna say uh, he also branched off and then he wants to do directing, directing, make his own movie, and he ended up making his own movie with DJ Pooh. Yep. And they when they created Friday, yeah, Friday, then tired from Friday, then after that Friday the next, then uh, no, next Friday, then Friday at the next. Then, but in between there, I think he put it was the Barbershop, Barbershop 2, and all these is underneath his production company. Q-Vision, right? Q-Vision? Yep, Q-Vision, yep. And he did his own production company. And that's also how they made, when he made, uh, even though Dre had a little bit of money in it, when they made, uh, Straight Out of Compton, mm-hmm. it was still under, it was still kind of close on with Q-Vision. It was, Still underneath this shit, cause he already had a production company anyway. I believe shit. Dr. Dre ain't had that shit. Right. That's why I was like, Dr. Dre, don't get me wrong, Dr. Dre put some money in it, but it's still, I think it was maybe overall, I wanna say that might have been his overall cube though. Dre, <laughs> uh, I hope Dre isn't on your list, cause Dre isn't really that creative. He's a good, he's more of a venture capitalist, like meaning, if, if someone has a good idea, he can make it better. Yeah. Like say, like with Beast headphones. Yeah, no okay, yeah, like, yeah perfect. Yeah, no because I said, because yeah, no the Beast headphones were an idea that Jimmy Iovine brought to Dr. Dre. Yep. But Ice Cube, on the other, uh, other hand, is is the idea guy. That's why Dr. Dre mm-hmm. like don't even really make beats. But Cube wrote all all oh of like the fucking albums and shit. Cube had all the ideas. Like Cube is a creative. Hell yeah. Then from there was the cube the production company, acting, movies. Then he did a couple sitcoms, but he had that uh, what's it called, Hip Hop Square? Yep. Hollywood Square, yep, Hip Hop yep, Square. Yep. Yeah, he had that. Then uh, what else he got going on now? Oh, then he also owned his own league. Yep. Since he was trying to fuck with goddamn NBA, NBA was acting retarded. But then that, then he did his own league and started making money from there, having ex. Basically, ex NBA players, you have to be a professional NBA player or a professional basketball player. So you could play overseas and technically be kind of professional, but they had a criteria how they did things. And then the people who he started up with was literally NBA players, mm-hmm. like the ones that played that the, did the best. I'm talking about like, like fucking uh, wasn't Doctor J? Yeah, wasn't uh fucking Allen Iverson on there? Alan Iverson, yeah, he was on there too. He was having problems with him. Alan Iverson, I swear, Alan Iverson, I would say he get a bad rap, but nah, he be most shit. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, nah, man, I mean, it was doing well, and it, the shit was growing mm-hmm. until this year. They had to stop it because the whole COVID shit. They couldn't do it this year, but every year, crowd got bigger. That's what I heard. Bigger, yeah, making more money, making way more money. It was, it was crazy, and I, I know eventually. Cause he was like, he, cause everybody was asking, was like, what if the NBA came to you? He was like, NBA, he was like, they better give me a whole bunch of money. <laughs> like, the NBA will come with, I, I, if it would have kept growing, like, after, hopefully it rebounds after this year, he could start it up. Man, he gonna have so much damn money. Cause the NBA gonna, they gonna buy on to it after a while. Yep. Cause they gonna be like, you got these eight NBA players, they playing basketball and they gonna see the city and he making money, money. Like, NBA gonna be like, yo, we want some mm-hmm. of that shit. Like, if we can capitalize on these motherfuckers when they retire. Shit. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, it, it's eventually, I know it's going to happen eventually. They just try to wait. Just like they stole the idea when, uh, they stole one of his ideas 
uh, with the basketball. Basically, they had to go up to a number. Uh, what was it? Twenty-one. 15, I think so. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they sold the idea and did it in the uh, playoffs. In the uh, in uh, no, no, the uh, All Star game. Okay. And then from there, after they did an All Star game, he was like, "Yeah, they ain't gonna give me credit, but they." He was like, "They welcome. They welcome." <laughs> Yeah, because they had to do something to build it back. They had to do something to build back the all-star game because basically the audience is getting bored of it. Yep. Ha- That's why. Have you gone to a game yet? No, I haven't. I haven't. I know Thomas did. Thomas did a couple of them. Yeah, like Lawrence went to like two or three, I believe, too. Yeah, because I was, I was commenting on it when he put it on Instagram. That's how I know he went to a couple of them. But, uh... And now after with the call COVID thing, I've been following him on Twitter and Instagram and shit. He has a contract with with a contract that he's trying to put out with two two or three other people. But he's getting, you know, strong advice and wisdom from very smart black folks. Mm-hmm. And it's called the, the contract with black America. That's what it's called. Contract contract for black America or contract with black America. I think it's it's a contract for Black America, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But basically, he's trying to he's trying to put black folks in a position where they're getting capital with the banks, with the movies. You know what I'm saying? He's trying to get more than fucking the three acres and the mule shit that everybody been talking about all all these centuries and stuff. He's trying to say, hey, for the forefront, we need to be getting some money. We need to be putting put in position. The thing is, black people ain't put in positions because he know if you get money, that a lot of shit people look at you different. Yep. And like even even somebody even said it was like, oh, what do you think about this black on this black violence, and police, and all this other shit. And he was just and you know what it came out of my mouth. He was like, well, you know what? I tell you what. If he was like, don't get me wrong. Like he said, like, think about this. Somebody was black and they had money, they wouldn't even really fuck with them like that at all. Because he was like, number one, motherfuckers got lawyers and money talks bullshit walks. Everybody know that shit. Think about it. You think me, like me, for example, if I got pulled over by police or whatever the case may be, you think I'm getting in trouble? Hell no. Nah. Them motherfuckers gonna look at me like, oh, it's going to so blah, blah, blah. Alright, cool. Let them slide or whatever. You know, I ain't gonna get murdered. Like, the motherfuckers ain't, they, they ain't that goddamn crazy because they, like, they, you know, the whole goddamn police force be fucking auctioned out. Shit, <laughs> there's some shit that happened to that danger. But, once he put that shit out there, man, and he said that shit, and they, they, they I remember he tried to do it, he tried to talk to Trump, uh, talk to Trump about it, tried to talk to the Democrats, Democrats wasn't trying to hear it. Trump and them was, Trump and the Republicans was, which, I mean, they're going to hear it. People got mad. People got upset. And I'm sitting there like, look, dude. And he was like, and he made sense. It don't matter who the fuck in that goddamn office. It could be Biden or goddamn That's Trump. That's true. He was like, you got to talk to whoever the fuck's in there to make a move. Because he was like, eventually, we got to make a move up. I don't know why people like, oh, why are you going to talk to him? This is that third. You shouldn't talk to him. Don't you entertain it. Man, I mean, people was like dogging him out. Cause, and I was like, dude, listen to the man. He's trying to do something for black people. He's trying to put black folks out there. You don't give a fuck who in there. If you're willing to listen about the project and the project and the, the contract that he got made up and the ideas he got made up, shit, he wouldn't put it forth to you. It don't matter who in there because eventually 
it, it won't matter who in there. You can't just say, oh, we got Waker by. No, you can't. Or it's like, oh, I don't want like, Trump in there. You know, he ain't on this. Nah, man, you can't do that shit. You got to fucking, you got to have faith in folks and then hold their ass accountable. If you, if you think, like, for a fact, if folks think that Biden about to change the goddamn world in Congress here, they got another goddamn right. thing coming. You got to hold these motherfuckers accountable like a motherfucker. Because if you same shit like when Obama prayed, he, everybody thought he was going to change the world. Bro, Obama really I'll do take, shit, I'll bro. Take. Exactly. It's a hot take, but he. he... <laughs> That's what I. If Obama I, gave I, a fuck, he would have fixed fucking <laughs> Chicago. He talking about, oh, I love Chicago. Yeah. Chicago was worse. It was the baddest fuck still when he was fucking in office. Because yeah. like if I was president, Clinton happened on his. Exactly. You right. You ain't lying. You ain't never lying. Because if I was president. Bro, Saginaw be the fucking the best city in America. Saginaw have fucking Wi-Fi in the whole city. Fucking streets where it fucking melt the ice in the wintertime. It'd be the most technically, technologically advanced city in the world. Hell yeah. But shit, yeah, are you right? Um, I will say that, uh... Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't have anything like to... To add to that, like you make some really good points. Uh, yeah, uh, Ice Cube also probably shouldn't ever rap again. <laughs> Honestly, Ice Cube probably should never rap besides his first album or some shit. Uh, because Westside Connection was trash. Uh, when he put out, I bust rhymes like Wayne trash. I can't name you five good Ice Cube songs. Singles. Really? Yeah. Singles. Man, I Singles. Because I've never heard an Ice Cube album in my entire life. You have? I've never heard it. Because when, when we were growing up, Ice Cube wasn't known as a rapper anymore. He, he'll put out side project, in my opinion. Yeah. But like, in terms of being uh, considered a serious rapper, when we were like really coming into our own... After Friday, it was Ice Cube rapper. It was Ice Cube actor slash rapper. So I can't name. I personally can't name five good Ice Cube songs. Honestly, I can't name. I'm. I'm trying to think now. I, I, I probably can't name one good Ice Cube song. Well, a good day. I guess a day was a good day. <laughs> That's probably it. Man, I can name now. No Vaseline. Okay. Uh, the nigga you love to hate. Never heard of it. I, I, that's my shit. <laughs> it's all my old shit. I even get name of what's it called? Uh, what's, uh, which what's it called? The Player Club. That, that was trash. That one. was trash. What you doing? What you I doing? Put your ass into it. Put your ass into that. Was, that was trash, yeah. bro. <laughs> no, but granted. I should say here for any people who might be shaking their fists at their uh, listening on devices, I'm <laughs> not a fan of West Coast music anyway. Very seldomly do I like anything on the West Coast. And not only E-40 and Too Short, is most West Coast rap I'm not a fan of. I'm more of a down south rap person. Because I don't even like fucking New York that much. Because I-, I think we had like our uh, yeah episode a couple months back about our favorite regions of hip-hop and L.A. was not on my list. Mm-hmm. And it never will be. <laughs> Is it? I don't think L.A. was on mine. It might, uh, I don't think it was on mine either. It wasn't 
I think I slept on him a little bit too much, though. Yeah, so I'm not an Ice Cube fan. But as a personality and as a businessman, absolutely. But as a rapper, not my favorite. Yeah. Okay, so let me see who I got next on my list here. Let's see. Uh, okay, so this person is based more so on, it's not like they had a lot of outside business ventures per se, but for everything that they've contributed business-wise for the culture, and I've never heard anyone say that this person has fucked them over business-wise. Uh, and this is someone who's probably, this is like the dark horse of my list that people probably don't think about. But um, in our era, he's probably towards the end of our Era, 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 though, but uh, this person has contributed more to today's hip hop than anyone else. Uh, people, people don't think about this when I first say it, but if you really think about it, and I'll try to break down most of it for you, people in the audience. But that person is Gucci Mane. I'm not a fan of of old Gucci Mane's music. New Gucci, I kind of fuck with, but Gucci Mane brought us basically Nicki Minaj. He brought us uh, OJ the Juice Man. He brought us Migos. Uh, I can't think of everyone. He brought us Zaytoven, Shorty Red. Uh, you can say Jeezy. Uh, he cut. Can- I that. Um, like there's a, a litany of others as well. Um, that 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 he's brought uh Kodak Black a little bit, and and then Gucci has said that, and then Gucci is is the first rapper that I know of who who has done this. If he comes to your city, he'll he'll say who's the hottest rapper in this city, and he'll do songs with that person. I heard like for like a fat a flat fee like five thousand, like look like something light, and like he'll put that artist on. So. For Gucci is mainly for his contributions to music. I can't think of very many outside ventures that he's done that have been successful. But in terms of shaping the culture and giving us and giving more than he's taken from the culture, uh, I think the, the Gucci man has an ear and he he's a good businessman in that sense because uh, he he uh put the Migos in a position for Drake to hear the Migos and then for Drake to hop on um. Versace, and fucking uh, do good things. Oh, and then a uh, fucking Waka Faka playing, Deb Anthony, cause like yeah, and then like he had a uh, fucking Nicki on like a whole bunch of songs, and that's how Wayne heard her. So he, so he's been, and then he, he Gucci doesn't even get mad if people don't even sign to him. He, he does it for the love of the culture, and he seems like he's an idiot how he talks, but Gucci's actually a very intelligent person. He's just country as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> but but Gucci's no idiot, and then especially now that he's off the drugs and like he found him a, a, a good woman. So like Gucci is actually, like I said, I can think of anyone who's given more to the culture than him. Because Drake, you can say, is a culture vulture. He, he'll find people who are kind of hot, and he'll put like a little stamp on them, and then he, it helps it helps him more than it helps that other person. Besides Migos, and besides a uh, little baby for right now, everyone that Drake has helped. He didn't really help him out as much too, and the weekend saw that, and that's why the weekend didn't sign with Drake, and that's how now weekend is considered to most Anglo-Saxons to be the second coming of Michael Jackson. Damn, you said second. That's coming. what people say. 
I've heard a lot of my Anglo-Saxon friends say that. And like, bro, have you heard the old weekend when all you talked about was doing drugs? And then like they hear the old weekend, she's like, wow, this is dark. And like now listen to his new songs. Th- those songs are about also about doing drugs. But yeah, um, Gucci put so many people on, and Gucci ha- has a ear. He has like that, um, what do you call it? He, well, he has an ear for talent, and um, his book is also pretty good too, because he broke down the shit with him and um, Jeezy pretty well, and like he broke down like a lot of his other problems. Uh, yeah, so that's that's my next choice, Gucci. Okay. Yeah, that one threw me off. I figured it would throw, like, most people off, because, like, you don't think about Gucci when you think about this. And also because, like I said, his is more so only in the music, only in music, but he's he's done a lot. And like I said, he, uh, he's given more than he's taken from our culture. And he will bust that gun if it comes down to it. <laughs> and brag about it ten years later. All right, uh, I ain't, I ain't really got nothing to add on that one. <laughs> All right. Yeah, my next, my next one I got. He's not a rapper. He's actually a DJ. Okay. Uh, <laughs> y'all probably hear from a lot. He's on one of the um, I'll say the most one of the one of the the most uh. I don't want to say famous, but the one of the most that everybody pretty much looks favorable. One that everybody pretty much look at or hear about, and this is the, the Breakfast Club, and I'm gonna put the first one to DJ. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put him up. Just really two things. Two is two. Yeah, maybe two, maybe maybe three things, but it's really two. Um, one, of course, you know he DJ for Clue. Clue put him mm-hmm. on. This that third went to HBC. We went to uh, Hampton and uh, historically black college and universities for those who who may not know. Oh yeah, most well, definitely. Everybody always he, he probably saying that. Um, I forgot how he you know how did they come about with the Breakfast Club. All I remember in the interview he was saying how uh, he was talking with Ye. Basically, he was gonna be the mediator, which actually mm-hmm. he is. And then he was going to be with Yee, Yee, because Yee's a very strong-minded woman. You know what I'm saying? She's, like, for the culture, you know, black women pushing, like, hardcore. I think she pushed black women more than her Asian side. I'm oh, absolutely, saying, absolutely. <laughs> she definitely is culturally, more culturally black than Asian. Absolutely. And then uh, Charlemagne, he had just got fired from probably Wendy Williams' show. I don't know. I think, I think they had all... Just got fired from somewhere, I believe. Yeah, I think yeah. all of yeah. I think all of that got fired. But she got fired because she was too strong. Yep. And Charlemagne got fired just being Charlemagne. You already Charlemagne. Know, he's the motherfucker ain't got no mm-hmm. filter. That's all it was. So he was going to be the mediator. And then after that, it took off. It really took off just because of the whole Ray J shit. Charlemagne, we live! Ray J and... Yeah, and 50 Cent and all that shit. When they called, he called up and saying everything would went down and shit. They blew up from that. But another thing what he also does is he's into the real estate. That's true. And he flips houses for folks. Mm-hmm. And him and Big Pun. <laughs> Big Pun? Or uh, Fat Joe? 
<laughs> nah, the dude, it's a dude that's with, I forgot his name. I can't think of the man name for life of me. But, uh, what's the name? Uh, <laughs> we call it, uh, uh, Donnell Rollins, he called him Big Pun. He said, you got a big pun out there flipping houses with you. Cause dude, big huh. dog, dude, huge. <laughs> In the interview. And then one day was like, what the fuck? He said, got big pun flipping houses. <laughs> but dude, uh, cause he huge. But dude, uh, I forgot the dude's name, but him, it's him, DJ Envy, and it's like one other person, but the majority is him and DJ Envy though. They the ones who flipping. And dude started getting into flipping houses because he used to do some illegal shit. And from what he had said, he was getting locked up. And then he was just like, you know what, I'm about to go legit. And then he did, he started flipping houses and making like stupid amount of money. And they probably own like so many units and I don't know, probably, I know they probably own, uh, own probably over 50 to maybe even 100 hmm. units. And together within both of them together, and how they do it, they cut, and then they cut their money however they cut their money, but then they also do real estate. They do, uh, real estate conferences at, in certain cities, bring people out there to show them how to flip houses, how to, own, basically how to sell. You don't gotta use your own money. You can do this, you can do that. They tell them all the tricks and the shades, tricks and trades when it comes to flipping houses. They actually put, matter of fact, I think it was, uh, Carly B and, uh, Offset. They started getting into the shit because they was watching mm-hmm. him. That's all bad. And it was like, yo, if we do this, you know, we can make some extra money and all this other shit. So then from there, they started doing it, you know, and, you know, and when you see him doing that shit and he's showing folks, you know, how to flip houses because he wants to build that, like, that, like I said before, that generational wealth that will last a lifetime that he could be given to his kids, his kids, kids, his kids, kids, or they can own the, uh, they can own their, like they own compound of their own, and I mean by compound, like their house, their house is like huge as hell. Like his shit huge mm-hmm. as fuck in Jersey, and this dude probably own probably like fifty fucking cars, like because he be having a car show every year. Of just his cars. <laughs> nah, nah, he it, it be his car, but he also he had a car show when he had like he had bad brought his shit, fifty brought his shit, like he he hit them up and then they be like, y'all having a car show, man, blah blah blah. Hey, could you, could you bring your shit just down a third? And I don't know where the money go to. The money probably go to charity or something like that. And then he get the money to whatever charity and go from there. Because I know he asked 50, could he do it? And 50 was like, no question. Boom, what do you need me to send it to? And then he went on ahead and sent the car to where the car show was at and went from there. But uh, he does that. And he also, since his COVID hit, he actually did DJ initiative with uh, who was it? Clue? It was, it was either Clue or some, it was somebody, somebody else he was doing DJ initiative with. And basically they were raising money. They were basically raising money for them. They were basically, uh, I don't, I don't know how they were doing it. I, I forgot how they were getting the money, but it was kind of like doing donations or something like that. But they were playing like songs on Instagram, him and somebody else, and then they were raising money, and then they were trying to give DJs that not making that much money or that live, you know, because DJs, shit, DJs be struggling. If you don't have a a, a base like a like a, a a viewing group of probably like ten thousand or something like that, you only got like a hundred people and all that, and they kind of wavy. 
And you hurting mm-hmm. right now during the show because you can't go nowhere. You can't, yeah, you ain't got no shows. You ain't got nothing. Unless you're in Vegas some damn where that's the only way you're going to be able to make some money. But then even then, you're going to be hurting. So he went on here and he, he had did that for like the DJs, just trying to hook them up, give them some money because he know it'll be a struggle if they don't have a big clientele. If they not have no shows or nothing, then they, they hurting. And so what he was doing was raise the money. And then he had DJs hit him up and he would give them like, Two hundred dollars here, three hundred dollars here, whatever, just to kind of just get them going a little bit of money. It's almost kind of like a stimulus package in a way. So, which was cool. So, but yeah, that's 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 my guy, man. Just the real estate, and you know, he looking out after the DJs and all that. And so he tried to get back to the community as like as much as possible. He got a juice bar to donate. Also, he got a, a juice bar. I, I don't know. I think yeah, so. Yeah, 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 like him and Yee. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, here we you got the old juice bar stuff. Hey, make your money, man. That's the way to do it. Yeah, um, there's been various times that when I consider doing a flipping house shit, uh, like me and Roger Barrera were gonna do it probably like 10, 15 years ago. Uh, but being that my family is in real estate already and I see how stressful that shit is, uh, I feel like for me it's too much work and something that I have no passion for to even do. And I feel like it's kind of fe- Feast or famine. Like, I feel like a lot of people who say they flip houses are making no fucking money at all. And then a lot of people, are, well, some people are, but most of them are not making any money. So, so like, that's why I, I don't think I would fuck with it. And I, and I think the DJ Envy, honestly, uh, I think that he's not very smart, but he can pick up things that people give him the template for. Like, like the game... Like the game with rapping, if, if the game has to like come up with his own fucking cadence and shit, he can't do it. But if you give him the cadence, he'll kill that shit. I feel like with DJ Envy, if people give him the template or the cheat code of how to do something, he can do it. But in terms of him having kind of his own his own idea, I, I, I don't think that, that that would ever happen. I don't know about that one. I think I think he has he has his own. He's an idea super with, like even with the real even with the real estate thing. I think he. I think dude might have approached him. I guarantee you. I think he had already had, I think he already kind of had his foot in the door. Just not, he didn't have it in a broad perspective saying, let me own this building and I can rent this mug out and get this dude, this dude, this dude. But, I mean, you never know. I mean. (laughs) And bro, I'm so behind on the fucking Breakfast Club. Like, I haven't watched Breakfast Club in probably this whole year. I can't think of any interviews this year that I've watched. Well, COVID happened, so I mean, I watched a couple of them, but you know, I, I think the, the the one I've watched, I watched a couple of, them, but because uh, I watched all the political ones, mm-hmm. that's the damn show. Uh, I watched the the two short one. What? Or not two short one, but uh, the E forty one. Was the Gucci Man one this year? No, okay. that's probably like, that's like last one that I watched. No, I seen the one with with him and uh him and uh Jeezy, you know, Jeezy. That was boring as hell to me, bro. I got like five minutes in, like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I was so fucking bored. But as you know, and people people who listen like to this show, which is the most popular show on the True Story based on Fiction Podcast Network, um, Jeezy does nothing for me, <laughs> like at all. Uh, yeah, but like, that's a good choice, and to uh, follow up that good choice, because uh, how many have you done? 
I'm at okay. both. Because uh, I got two more. So I did Timbo, Gucci, and Ross so far. All right. Next one that I'm going to do uh, is going to be also a DJ. And this DJ has, back in the day, when he first came out, when I know who the fuck he was, he used to try to rap, and it was always terrible uh, on, on his songs. He, he started out in music. And honestly, he's more popular, he's more successful as a personality in media, and he was able, he's probably the first Snapchat uh, celebrity, and that went to social media in terms of uh, Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter, he's known that for being a personality, and he, he was able to parlay that fame into and monetize it which, which a lot of people cannot do and although he isn't as popular as he was in, say 2017 and his and his popularity in in other media has never really translated much to his music even when he had songs with jay-z beyonce songs with drake so uh, his most successful song was with uh bryson tiller and, and rihanna i believe in terms of mainstream hit but that is dj Khaled. he follows the the um template from people like Rick Ross and um, Jay-Z who are two of his mentors and brothers as he calls them but he was able to get his, his... now his restaurant is one I actually want to go to if it's still open uh, finger licking that menu sounds incredible like when, I, when, when I've heard her talk about me like this shit sound good as fuck it sounds like I, I could diabetes from it and high blood pressure but god damn like Get it one time? It sounds good as fuck. Uh, so he has that. Um, he had We The Best Music with uh, people who... He had good choices, but because his ego got in the way. He's the prototypical artist trying to uh, have a label and not working. Because uh, Ace Hood had a, had a lot of potential. Uh, so did uh, Movado. And like and and so he's done that. Um, and he's been a spokesperson for Weight Watchers, I believe. So he he got a check for that. He he wrote a book of all like his saying. So like he got inside of of, of that bag. Um, he also what else did he do? Uh, he was on every talk show imaginable, doing like his whole little stick. Uh, so he he made a lot of business moves. Although his run was probably good, like I said, two years maybe. Like he's not popular anymore. But in terms of him being around for so long, finding a lane that worked for him, because back in the day, he never really showcased his personality besides being annoying, saying, Wee, nigga, wee, wee. <laughs> I'm coughing off this <laughs> shit. He, but that was him low key showing off his personality because we didn't know that he was being funny. We thought, it to be, we thought he was just being annoying, but not him being a comedian. Because he wanted to. Because in 2017, he gave the funniest interviews of all time. His one on, like, The Breakfast Club was funny. Uh, his one on fucking uh, Ebro then was funny as hell. Yeah. When he started to show off his personality and monetize it, so that's something that I really admire. A person who can monetize being themselves. And then, um, the the way that he loves and appreciates his children and also Admiral. He made his son the EP of, of an album to get his son his first check and credits as an infant. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I think he did that before Beyonce did that. Uh, oh, or yeah. maybe after or or, or same time because like it. 
He did it. He did it before, but he did it before. But the thing is, though, Beyonce gonna get crazy, man. Oh, she's yeah. first. I already know that just because it's Beyonce. That's all it is. But like you were talking about gaining that generational wealth. Well, for him having his son being an EP of, of a record project is the exact opposite of what families in the nineties did to their kids by putting phone bills in their names when they're infants. <laughs> he did the opposite. <laughs> he gave him some, something that's going to have equity on his most successful era of music. Because I think the Wild Star, I think Wild Thoughts was on the album that his son was EP of. Yeah, I think so. So that, that, that's an amazing move for for setting up his family to have that, like you said, the generational wealth. Um, that's about all I have to say on, on Khaled. Because honestly, I try to pick people who weren't obvious choices, like, you know, Puffy, Jay Z. Dr. Yeah, Dre. So, uh, like, it, it did take me like a little while to come up with five who weren't the obvious choices, but I think the Cali is a good choice for those reasons. His run was pretty short, but he changed the culture for like that summer because people say people were saying the entire summer, "Congratulations, you you played yourself. <laughs> Put the hinges <laughs> in the fuckboy's hands. You smart. You loyal." <laughs> I don't know. You played Congratulations. Yourself. But congratulations was funny, though. Congratulations. Oh, really? You played yourself. Oh. <laughs> that That's hilarious. Yeah, that's just funny. But uh, that's all I have to say about Khaled. Uh, I ain't got really too much to say. You pretty much nailed it on the coffee with Khaled. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you know he loves his kids. I just like that he better on himself, and then it came, and it 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 turned, it turned yeah. out well because he was signed to Cash Money. Oh yeah, that and when he signed Cash Money and Birdman didn't give him no money, he pulled that shit again. Like Birdman, man, I'm like, dude, you don't like pay nobody. Like you don't want to pay Wayne. That motherfucker been there for years. You don't want to pay Juvenile now. Now you gonna sign Cali, but then you want to play him for producing a couple records that he had mm-hmm. for you. And that shit crazy. I was like, damn, this is not want to nobody. Now, if you look at Cash Money, Cash Money ain't shit. He got probably like, I forgot, one artist? Who, some, I don't, uh, I don't Jacquees, right? He got on there. I think so. And low-key, Jacquees ain't bad. Yeah, but... He ain't getting paid, though. Man, that's why I was like, look, that's... Look, man, Cash Money, you need to just rename that shit or go do something else. But you can only ride, ride that wave only so long, Master P. Literally, you already talked yeah. about this shit. You're going to ride so long, and then after that, you got to go to something else because it ain't going to last you a life. Well, man, the thing he has like, GTV Vodka, right? Nah. That's doing popular, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, <yeah. laughs> <laughs> uh, that is true, though, baby. Unlike, say, the other people who are known for raping, for raping niggas like Diddy, like. Then he had other businesses that he could do to still make money when like he went like his music with sideways, but baby doesn't have anything else to fall back on. Besides maybe drugs. Yeah, I yeah, know. He ain't got nothing. He ain't never said himself. Yeah. That's his fault. Cause he's only good at one thing, and that's having an ear for music people, but it, when his fucking reputation got so tarnished, he, he can't fall back on that anymore. The only thing he still has is Drake, because Drake is so signed to Because that last Drake album, I think, only said Cash Money on it. And then I think that Drake, he does so many singles and and, and, and features and shit because he knows that that's how, the only way that he makes money. Because I, I, I don't think he's paying Drake either. 
Maybe not. I don't know. And, and Drake is the biggest yeah, artist in the world. And I'll, I know. Think about this, bro. Once Drake dropped this. Sorry. But Drake is the biggest artist in the world, of, period. You never see Drake on like the, the Forbes top 10 list. I know he made he he getting a lot. Of is money. he though? I is mean, he? his house, his the house he got True. in Canada is like over a hundred. I mean, but it's Canada. Like, like their fucking dollar is like is like less value than ours. But still, though, bro, I don't know, hundred mil. I don't know about that. One. That's it. That's a lot, man. True. That's a lot, but nah, he he getting a bucket. I mean, I don't know how much it is, but he is getting. He is a top selling artist. I just can't remember where he fall out at. Yeah. Because all I remember is J. Cole was one of them. Kendrick Lamar was one of them. I can't remember Drake. That's the reason. You're absolutely right. I can't remember Drake that was on it. Which would be kind of weird if he ain't getting paid, but I know he's getting paid. I just, I know he's is he though? Because uh, why, why would Baby pay him and nobody else? How is Drake getting paid? Know, I don't know. That's it. Cause remember he, cause remember he gave that one kid two hundred fifty thousand dollars, but a little bit more than that, for that to do that damn dance, that the Kiki D love me dance. He gave him like over two hundred fifty million, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Just for that, he literally just Drake might. So if somebody was really broke, he wouldn't be able to. Drake might money. actually have mob ties. <laughs> <laughs> he might actually have mob ties, bro. Cause I don't know how the fuck Drake makes money. Cause why would Baby only pay Drake for uh, the first person in twenty years? All I know is this: once he dropped his last album, he done. Yep. That's it. That he didn't fulfill his contract, and you already know the album gonna go platinum yep. whenever mm-hmm. he drops it. So you already know it's gonna go platinum. So and that's gonna be his last one. Cause Steve Stockton been talking about that shit. And how he can literally break the music business game. Like, he can break them to the point that no label, like, he can start his own shit. And, like, he already got shit started out, but he literally can be like, fuck all y'all. I'm just gonna stream this shit myself through fucking one of these streaming media companies. And then they're gonna pay me hundreds to millions to thousands of dollars. Like, it's gonna be fucking retarded. And once he do that shit, and everybody see the blueprint of that, like, like, uh, once everybody see the blueprint of that, then it's gonna be like, fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody music business is gonna be like, in shambles, cause ain't nobody gonna be wanting to do that shit. Everybody be like, no, I'm just gonna do what Drake did. I'm just gonna get high to what Drake did. I'm just gonna get, if you, everybody do that shit, it's gonna to break the music industry. So they gonna have to figure some way out to get some money to fucking be lucrative with the stream yeah. stuff. Like it's really, it's really gonna be bad. That's all. And I hope he does do it though, cause shit, shit needs me. In my eyes, it needs mm-hmm. to be done. Like somebody needs to do that shit, and then switch to fuck up the whole game. And he and he will be the dude to do it. Not man, people give him so much damn props. <laughs> but um, this is a tangent, but <clears throat> but that's what we do. Um. Is Post Malone bigger than Drake right now? Nah. I mean, overall, like not like like so. not like in our culture, but like you know, I don't like I don't like that dude anyway. You know what? He shouldn't even never be considered rap or hip hop in my eyes. Like I, 
Like every time I bring that shit up to some folks, he was like, "He hip hop," and I'm like, "Yeah, they actually put him in that in the culture." And in my eyes, he should be some kind of like alternative music or pop or some shit. Like, cause they don't that shit that depressing ass shit he be doing don't even viable like even remotely. Um, so. And even how <laughs> is what he's doing anything different to say like a trippy red or a juice world or ex Tentacion or uh gunner even like in terms of that but, but, but the other ones are undisputably hip hop well I can't say undisputably but people people do consider him hip hop yeah they call him they put it hip hop yeah. I will say that the first two post law projects were definitely in my opinion hip hop R&B ish this third one uh High Was Bleeding is definitely like a pop rock album in my opinion but um like the, the second Post Malone album to me is a classic but granted I, I listen to a lot more than jet, well not a lot more but I, I listen to more than just black music anyway but I would say that Post Malone is definitely hip hop adjacent at least I think that he's more hip hop than fucking Juice World yeah. was. Cause like Juice World was a straight pop to me. Oh, girls are the yeah. same. And not to disrespect the dead, but in terms of me as being, being like a music critic, Juice World was the songs I've heard were not good. Nah, I know. It's the same here. That's why I'm like, that's why when people move from love, I'm like, that's gonna be trash. That's why I was like, they give a record. Man, they give, man, all these dudes, I'm be honest with you. Literally, all these dudes are literally products of Lil yep. Wayne. Let's keep it 100. And I mean, downside yep. of Lil Wayne. Like, when Lil Wayne was going downhill, and they literally became products of it, because when Lil Wayne was going downhill, he still, the shit still was selling, and people still want to listen to it. Now, all of a sudden, you got all these damn emo rappers. Lil Wayne and Anyways <laughs> Heartbreak. Yep, and it is just... It's it's terrible, man. It's bad, it's bad for the culture. And if it wasn't for folks like you know, your Kendrick Lamar, your J Cole, your Drake, your your hell, uh, who else? Who, who else is hot down? I actually been listening to. Actually, sounds that, pretty. That's, that's pretty it. damn good. Like in terms of like the top stars, that's it. Top stars, that's yeah. It. I mean, if it wasn't for them, then kind of like holding it up, it, it'd be bad, right? I and then uh-huh, that's I'm why. Sorry. Folks hate, and some those folks hate on him, on them too, because of that. They kind of hate on him just a little bit because of that. Because if they they know for a fact, if one of the rappers said anything about this whole culture, which I can, which J Cole is kind of moving in that direction, I would say that he's kind of moving in that direction, like he's slowly mm-hmm. talking about it, and then people getting pissed off. It, they, they will end their damn career. No, they won't. Like, like Jay, not at Jay all. Cole, somebody. I think they. It would, isn't possible they would in twenty twenty. Not at all, because their fan base is a different kind of fan base. Uh, the J Cole Kendrick. In most cases, if you fuck with J Cole or Kendrick, you don't fuck with those people anyway. So there's no way that if J Cole says something about those people, it can affect them at all. Because it, it, it isn't the I same fan it's base. It's it, it, like, it not the same generation. Like, the people who fuck with them are typically in their same age bracket, and we'll say that the high school students, early college. But people who fuck with J. Cole are our age. So nothing that J. Cole's gonna say is gonna even 
resonate with the kids who fuck with the juicy. I mean, like the fucking Uzi verse and, and, and like the Juice Worlds and, and, and the fucking Trippy Red's world because they're different generations. If anything, it would hurt J. Cole's career. I think, I think it would. In my opinion. Because he'll come off as a hater. Because the, the thing about the, 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 the people that listen to him now, it's like J. Cole said, once they age and get older, once they hit like their 30s and all that shit, the motherfuckers ain't going to be listening to that no, shit. No, 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 no. But J. Cole is 100% goes, wrong. Because you grow with your audience. Like... The fucking Backstreet, nah, the Backstreet Boys still put out music, and people that. who fuck with the Backstreet Boys then still fucks with the Backstreet Boys now because they grew with their audience. We don't listen to like I don't listen to fucking Kumo D because I'm four because I'm thirty four now. I listen to the art I listen to back then who I still fuck with now. I don't fuck with new. I don't fuck with older artists now because I'm older. I fuck with the same artists I did then. So like that statement to me is a hundred percent false. <laughs> No, nah, I think, I mean, I think that we would, uh, I think that, well, with me, myself, because I'm an actual fan, like, really, like, digging in the carts and all that shit, I like to really dig in as far as the history of, like, hip-hop, to actually see where it's grown and where it's going, and where it's going now, it's like, eh, it ain't for business, it's almost that back when Nas was on that hip-hop is dead shit, and it was, that was back when it was, like, Everybody was literally on that 808s and auto tune mode. You know what I'm saying? And it literally, that shit died. That shit died. That quick. evolved into this new crop of rappers. Cause like now, like they're sinking and rapping at the same time, which I don't mind personally. But let me, um, kind of challenge you on what J. Cole said. Who do you listen to now that you didn't listen to when you were younger that came out before you were out? I mean, like before you got into rap. Uh, because J. Cole said that the, the their fan base is going to move on and not listen to them which is not true if they can evolve with their fan base so I, so to that so what J. Cole is saying by saying that is that they'll move on to more lyrical rappers or move on to other rappers so my question to you is who did you start listening to when you got older that was around when you were younger Uh, well, they did, nah, but, uh, I would say, well, cause I would say my first one was Tupac, but then after that it was, uh, yeah, it was like Lil Wayne and, and, uh, what you call it, uh, fucking No Limit. Like, I was all into that shit, but then, dang, ain't nobody popping now. Well, ain't nobody popping now. Having them motherfuckers in jail and everybody just stopped rapping type shit. Right. <laughs> <Or> but, <did. laughs> so say, like, back when we were coming up, right, uh, Snoop Dogg's popular, but let's say, do you listen to Warren G? N- now you're older. Uh, I never used him. Exactly, that's my point. So these kids today don't listen to J Cole now because they fuck a little pump. And J Cole was very smart by picking the least talented person out of that crop of uh, people. Cause, cause I don't like Ju- I, well, okay, Juice Bird to me, to me wasn't talented, but Lil Uzi Vert to me. I like all of his music, but he's talented. So I think that he'll last longer than, say, like Lil Pump would. So, J. Cole picked the person who, who he knew was not going to have a long career to pick on, which I think it was smart on his behalf. But, you are not going to start listening. If a person likes 
Lil Uzi Vert, and, and they think that J. Cole is an old head rapper. They are not going to stop listening to Lil Uzi Vert and then, start, and, and then listen to uh, J. Cole. It's not going to happen. Lil Uzi Vert is going to grow with his audience and he gets older and they're going to keep fucking with him or some other artists from that era that they still like. They're not going to be, like, maybe like they'll, maybe a fucking Uzi will fall off, but then, like, at the same time that they fuck with Uzi, they start fucking with fucking Roddy Rich. And then I think he that he's gonna be able to keep an audience, but they're not. They won't start fucking with Kendrick or fucking Jay Z if if they start listening to a fucking Lil Uzi verse. So J Cole's point on that is wrong. Lil Pump is just is a person who's not gonna have a long career, but there are people from that generation who will, I think, stand the test of time. We'll see. Only mm-hmm. time will tell. Um. Yeah, that was a big tangent, but that was a good tangent, I think. Big tangent, I know. Um, I think it is on you, yeah. Yeah, well, my next one, I'm going to keep it short and simple. Because uh, we had a yeah. long tangent. <laughs> uh, it's pretty much uh, Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. Jay-Z, of course, you already know, uh, the innovator, the innovator, the entrepreneur, the uh, the push away, the push away when you know what I'm saying when you know he about to get fucked over, you know by damn dash, damn dash and all that. The, you know what I'm saying the scene, the going for it. I, I guess I almost look at it as a business move, mm-hmm. and I look at it as you know kind of setting the tone in a way. You know I love probably was involved, but I also think it was a business move too. When he got with, with, oh, yeah. with Beyonce, because at first I thought it was just kind of like hit and go, but to actually say, well, y'all got kids and everything, that's probably the most biggest business move that you will probably ever have in your lifetime because y'all both is going to be probably really over a billion dollars, like well over, like he a billion just itself. But I think even with her, she going to rack up the same thing. So it's it's ingenious. And then he owns, of course, he owns his masters. He He puts people on. Uh, he got, what's it called? Uh, Ace of Spade, Champagne Company, got, got stock in mm-hmm. Uber, on a little bit of Uber, a certain percentage of that. Uh, he helping out the NFL, uh, find, find, uh, uh, basically artists to do the Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl. Yeah, he helps out with that every year that way because they don't, they were getting like really missing and missing. Got backlash from it for whatever reason. Because of that whole Kaepernick shit, but I don't even want to yeah. get into that because he be getting, he, that dude be pissing me off too. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but I mean, overall, he is for the culture because every time somebody gets shot in the street or somebody is, you know what I'm saying? Something going on in the world, he probably like one of the first ones behind the scenes that's actually making a phone call. And a lot of people probably don't know that, but when you got the governor or the mayor or whoever, literally was like, yeah, we got a phone call from Jay-Z and he's actually passionate and wants to find out like this and the third, like he's actually doing his, doing some due diligence on his part, basically using his power that, you know, to see if, hey, we need to stop this shit. Hey, we need to do this. Hey, he, he doing his due diligence as much as possible to try to, try to stop that shit. And then you also be looking out for folks too, because I've got somebody he ended up giving money to, bailing out of jail and all that. Well, oh, me, yep, 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 yep. pay for his lawyer, got him out of jail, this, that, and third. Like, he, he literally put McMill on. 
to the point that McNeil signed for his. And uh, Meg uh, and uh, Lil Uzi, too. Like, he helped him out. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, if you want to see somebody that, and then also, if you, if you want to know a little bit of the game from Jay-Z, just listen to his 440 album. Mm-hmm. Or you can listen to the majority of his album, but if you listen to 440 in particularly, and listen to uh, the story of yep. OJ, it would literally break down wealth and how and like and like three bars. She did like three bars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's his four forty four cent for anyway? Now, that's... Has he ever said that? I forgot. That did he? he did say it, but I forgot what it stands for. Yeah. But now that's yeah, all I uh, got That that is a good choice. Um uh Jay Z is what you call a venture capitalist. So a venture capitalist, for those who don't know in the audience, is a person who a lot of times who doesn't really have ideas themselves, but they can spot a good idea in its in its infant stages and they'll invest in it. And then when it hits a certain point of profitability, they'll sell it off. And that's what Jay-Z did with the Nets. That's what he did with a, a lot of things I can't think of off the top of my head. He, he'll, he'll get it when it's just kind of bubbling. He'll get it hotter with his name association. And then when it gets to a certain threshold, he'll sell off his stakes. Then then then, he, then he'll move on. He, he's in that time and time again. That's what I, and, and there are people who make their living just doing that. I like the people who invested in Netflix when it first came out. Things like That's kind of the thing that Jay Z does now. Um. So yeah, I definitely agree. So like, we'll keep it moving because, like I said, said it's getting late. We got off some, some really good tangents, and this one it w- was the one that I had least least to say about anyway. Um. And it's also one of the most obvious, but that's Fifty Cent. Um. Like most people in a, in a list, okay. they shouldn't rap anymore ever. But in terms of being a businessman, Fifty is a pretty smart businessman from day one. Because how do we know about vitamin water, Fifty Cent? Because uh, he put vitamin water, he did for vitamin water what Rick Ross did for Wingstop. Because uh, vitamin water was a brand, uh, vitamin water was a brand new company. It's actually a healthy company that's pretty good for you. Also, I'm I'm trying to mm. sidebar. I'm trying to cut back on my sugar, and um, the vitamin water sir, zero sugar actually tastes pretty fucking good because it's, it's it's like naturally sweet. Um, but Fifty Cent did that. These un the G-Unit experiment, we'll call it, that didn't really go too well, but he also has Power, which one of, which one of the, probably the top, one in the top three most popular black shows of all time that aren't comedies. And then now the Power spinoff, which I think is doing, doing a little bit too much, honestly, but still, they're s- successful. He has a show on ABC, one of the top two networks, uh, with a black lead and telling a, a real-life black story. Um, he also has tried things that have felt oh, and then like he had this is fifty, which I think is still around, and like for a while yeah. this is fifty would get all of the good interviews too. Um and then he he has uh he he's he's had clothing lines, he had shoe deals, so he's done it all. Um he and he he actually succeeds more than he fails. He doesn't have long term success in a lot of things besides power. Cause all did he? Cause he had like his effing vodka. Now he has uh, like a champagne, I believe, and it's funny because Fifty Fifty doesn't even drink. Um, but the yeah, thing that he did was probably the least successful was uh Fifty Central on BET. But it could be because it was on BET. But that show felt miserable. Yeah. 
But the people he had on the show were all funny. It's just I think because because the show on BET. But uh, yeah, Fifty has Fifty's mind is up there with Jay Z's in terms of picking out good businesses. Because uh, Power, like I said, there's, I can't think of any show because Power came out at the same time as uh that that other dude show on Fox. Yeah, Empire. Empire. But who's mm. talking about Empire last four or five years? They talk about it the first season. <laughs> Power was hot the whole time it was out, and then Fifty got mad because. Because it was a second, and Power was the second top show on premium cable, and the first show was Game of Thrones. So that's saying a lot. Mm-hmm. And although Power didn't get the accolades in terms of uh, their television peers that it should have gotten, the fact that that show was that popular, the culture—that's all culture. I know, I know people who who don't listen to rap music, who don't know anyone black, who still like Power. So that show was just a good show yeah, overall. So. Definitely kudos for him on that. And then him even doing shit that I thought was going to be stupid paid off. Because uh, when it killed off Kanan, the Kanan came back. Like, this is some soap opera shit. But eventually, it worked. Yeah, I know. So, uh, I didn't think it was going to happen. I, I like think it was going to work either. But. This motherfucker got burnt alive, and now he's putting a burn cream on himself to heal his little burns that he had. But he got burnt alive. This is dumb as fuck. <laughs> but it all worked. Now, Power power to me did get bad towards the end in terms of soap opera, but in terms of the concept in that first two two or three seasons, amazing show. Power is one of the the first season of Power is one of the top ten first seasons of any show. Yeah, it, it really is. That's a mm-hmm. baby for real. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's all I got to say about fifty. I ain't got nothing to add. You pretty much put everything to it. Alright, so uh so next month okay, so next month is gonna be an easy topic because that's when we're gonna do our, our year year in review and our uh yeah. awards yeah. and and I gotta see if we'll do the same categories as the last two years or add some new ones to it. But yeah, but that's what you have to expect from us in January. Um so that's gonna wrap up another year of the show and uh yeah, like we we had a pretty good year. Like, we, like we only missed, I think, like one month or so. Like, it might have been late or There's so. Yeah, but like we've come out. Yeah, like this is probably the most consistent show on the podcast network. And as I said, um, it is the most popular show on the network consistently every single month. Okay. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Maybe next year we'll try to go bi-weekly for like summer or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> I think we did that before. Didn't we go bi weekly for a while? I think I, I think we did like yeah. But we'll see. And then uh people you're obviously out there listening to our podcast, so we'll just put this out there again. And if you like the show, let your friends know because like I think we both have said and agree, we will put this show up there with any other hip hop podcasts out there. I think right now we're better than like the Joe Button podcast because that's been kind of weak. Most definitely. That's all. Yep. Yes, man. <laughs> That's all they are. <laughs> um, I can't think. Of, I, I I think I'm better than uh, a drink champs. That's trash in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm better than the Breakfast Club right now. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but um, if if you think that we are one of the better hip hop podcasts out there, 
let your friends know because we do have a good uh a good format that we change every other month so, and, and it's good shit and and not to our, our own horns but we can just judge our shit clearly this is show is good shit so if you like it if you vocal let us know about it um in, in the comments or by giving us ratings uh and let your friends know about it so hopefully in 2021 we can expand our reach um but yeah that's all i that's it i, I don't have anything else to say Alright, uh, pretty much, you know, look forward to reaching out to y'all next year, and, uh, have a yes. safe holiday. Yeah, for sure, have a safe holiday, and if you have to socially distance, don't be that guy to do what you have to do, but don't be that way all the time. Just take me for the game. Alright, uh, I've decided that we aren't going to do, uh, the long-ass sound anymore. I- I've given up on it, so... <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.